You are listening to the FDNY Pro Podcast, featuring members of the New York City Fire Department. We want to share stories from the field, best practices, lessons learned, and help save lives. Welcome to this edition of the FDNY Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Battalion Chief Brian Mulry. In 2018, the FDNY's Bureau of Training introduced a new initiative called the Strategic Awareness Program. Its mission is to enhance peer education by organizing informal meetings a few times a year to allow chief officers and their aides from across the five boroughs to share their experiences on either specific topics or operations. As of this recording, the program is convened nine times. These meetings are facilitated by a group of senior chief officers from their respective boroughs who help mediate and lead the conversations. Joining us today is Deputy Chief Chuck Downey, who has been involved since the beginning, initially as a facilitator, and now more recently taken on a larger role in his new rank. Chief Downey will share some of the takeaways on Maydays that were compiled from participants of the program during its seventh session. As firefighters, we have a long tradition of reviewing and drilling on an incident after the fact, both on scene or many times around a kitchen table after a fire. The Strategic Awareness Program is an extension of those talks. Welcome, Chuck. Thanks for coming down. Thank you for the invite, Brian. All right, you're a first-time guest. So Correct, you got, yes. You got to give us a bio. That's how we start. Okay, I came on in 90, so I'm going on 31 years. I've been assigned to 235 engine in Bed-Stuy, 176 truck, Rescue 4, Squad 41, the 5-0 battalion. And as you stated, I'm currently covering in the 15th division. Long-time battalion chief, right? Yes, I was promoted in 2004, almost 15 years Yeah. as a BC. That's a lot. We appreciate you coming down. You're a perfect guest. Thank you, Brian. We try to find those that have been out there doing it because you always tend to have a wealth of knowledge. And it's funny, we talk about before the podcast, we talk how big, how big this job is. It's the first day meeting you. Right, right. right? It 25 is. years, you tell that to somebody in some other departments. They know everybody. You work in a different area of the city, right? That was in Manhattan in the Bronx. Right. And, uh, it's, it's true. You yeah. know, you, you always get someone on the outside saying, do you know uh, <laughs> Joe Smith? Yeah, I'm close. <laughs> For those that don't know, your dad's a legend on the fire department. Uh, remember, we have a wide audience. Maybe just uh, give us a minute. Yeah, sure. Um, got a little emotional there. You know, it's uh, my father came on in 1962, did 39 and a half years. Unfortunately, his life was taken at the Trade Center. He was the chief of rescue operations at the time, had survived the first building coming down. And unfortunately, he was with chief stack of safety and they were trying to extricate a victim civilian from the Marriott prior to Tower One coming down. And uh, him and Chief Stack had, you know, from eyewitnesses, told everyone to start running. They kind of knew what was coming. And uh, that was the last scene of him. But he uh, had a storied career, and he was a very humble gentleman that, as you know from Harlem, you know, he was up there as a lieutenant in the fire factory, you know, fireman and rescue. And, you know, he opened up Squad One back in 77 and captain of Rescue Two for almost 14 years. So he, he, he yeah. saw a lot of fire duty, a lot of emergencies. Yeah. Deputy Chief Raymond Downey, great guy. Yeah. Well-liked, well-loved. Yeah, yeah. And that was before my time. But Thank you for that. But yeah. he is a legend. And thank you, Brian. There's no way around it. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, let's get into it. The Strategic Awareness is a great program. It's for chief officers. It's in-service training. Mm-hmm. This episode is going to be about round seven, which is for these training programs, they take a fire, they decide there's some value for the field, and we kind of just take a look at it, break it down. Maybe you could tell us about round seven. Sure. So round seven, cycle seven is Maydays. And, you know, to go back a step to strategic awareness training, that came about 
from 2017 Annual Education Day for chief officers. At the time, six of us were tasked with developing a curriculum for Chief Richardson, who was chief of the fire academy, and Chief Hodges, who was the chief of training. So part of the curriculum was May Days transitioning to an exterior attack, roll calls, really firematic, intensive annual education day. And the common theme that resonated in every evaluation was, this class was great, but we need to train with our peers and talk more about tactics and decision-making with each other. So that's feedback you got from chief officers, you feel? Yeah, from annual education day. So Chief Richardson at the time, Chief Hodges, and the group that designed the curriculum ran with it and developed this strategic awareness and brought in half a dozen chiefs from each borough. And the first one that we did, we looked for some good footage of a fire, New York City fire, and what can we learn from that, right? Because so simple when you think about it, right? Yeah. Here's what happened, what'd you do, how'd you handle it? That's where we, as chief officers, where that humility comes in, where... None of us know everything, right? And I repeat what my father taught me as a probie. I had come back from a fire, and I was talking to him. I said, ah, I wish I did that. I, I, I was in the wrong spot. I should have done that. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's good. He goes, but, you know, no one knows everything. The day that you think you know everything, you should retire. So you have to keep learning. He was big on constantly staying updated, constantly staying updated. And I think that's what this is, another tool in the toolbox. Well, it is. And what you realize also is the training budget is finite. So this this is kind of like an in-service training. It's not a high cost, right? I mean, it it fits the bill really well. And you get a bunch of chiefs talking about it. And you get facilitators who have heard a bunch of, and it just really uh, has a ton of value. Yeah, no, you hit it right on the head. The feedback has been excellent because... We're not teaching, we're facilitating, we're sharing experiences. And by sharing experiences, you know, hopefully the next time that tactical decision that you do have to make at that instant, we might recall it from, hey, yeah, that was cycle five, that was cycle three. They did that and that worked. And showing that humility again, every call we do make doesn't always work well either. And I think that's part of training and staying current and staying, you know, driven to be the best that you can be. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just give a brief overview. We had a fire, a member got lost, a mayday was transmitted, it was handled, we picked it apart. Just give us a brief overview of the fire and then we'll go into uh, some of our takeaways. Yeah, sure, so we had a fire that there was a civilian trapped on a phone call with a dispatcher, units were notified, forcible entry firefighter makes a very aggressive move, able to get to that civilian fire cuts off Mm -hmm. his access back. He made such aggressive move, line was still being stretched. By the time the water was applied, it was some time, made some great transmissions of where he was and what was going on. And, you know, we looked at that fire and said, okay, from all perspectives, how can that help us, whether your first chief, the deputy coming in, the all-hands chief, and, yeah. you know, how can we make that better next time? Because, once again, you know, we, we all constantly learn. Yeah. All right, so that was our foundation. That was the job. The topic's going to be Maydays and Urgents. Well, let's just say Mayday transmissions. Sure. So some things you could start in the firehouse before your tour even starts. So what happens in the sessions, we have a takeaway sheet that we like to get some tape back from all five boroughs, you know, 40 training sessions. They all come to me. I look at all the takeaways. I take my pre-meeting notes, the research that I did and with the facilitators we discussed, and we put them all together. And then I do this sheet as far as I break down, try to put them in, in the correct categories as far as what can help you handle May Days better. So in this situation, you know, if we just look at pre-tour, mm-hmm. 
reviewing the EBF4s, which we have this luxury, right? When we came and on, Brian? the EBF4, I'll tell people, that's electronic riding list. Mm -hmm. So you're able to print up who's on every rig. You have it on your iPad as well. It's a super useful tool. Super tool. So yeah. you can see, you know, what your offices are. You can see certain positions. And it's just, once again, you're just trying to educate yourself on everything that's transpiring in your administrative district. So using that EBF4, I think pre-tour speaking, we always speak about the aid that you're with. Sure. Band-Aid, Assign-Aid, <laughs> it's, it's huge. We talk about the MDT a little bit just pre-tour because a newer feature that Chief Mike Woods put on with the flagging column. Sure. That's another feature we have on our MDTs, our mobile data terminals. EFAS is the Electronic Firefighter Accountability System, and we have a firefighter man it early in the operation, and if there's a mayday transmitted via the radio, it's going to show up there. He's going to let the chief know and give you a name exactly. or a position. And if it happens early, you know, my experience with maydays in my career, they do happen early. Most of mine happened early. So is there an EFAS firefighter set up and goes into that iPad and the comfortability with that iPad, yeah. something like the clipboard, some like a piece of paper, some like the iPad. I think the new feature on the iPad with dealing with Maydays is the EAB button now. So that will pop yeah. up now. Yeah. And you'll, you won't have to ask EFAS. You can just read it right yeah, in front well, of Yeah, well, they're it. building a ton of functionality such a, into Such there. a great tool, yeah. Now you're 1084. From an incident command perspective, what are some of your considerations on arrival? When I went through the BC command course and when I was in the field, the common theme, every time I had a fire was what and where and water. So I had learned the three W's very early in my career as a BC. So it was always what is going on, where are your units, and what's the situation with water. So I'm a big what and where guy now that I've only been a deputy a year and a half or so. But the what and where is so important when we tie it into May Days because if you're a first due incident command, the first due BC, ABC, and you don't know you're three and two or three, two in squad, three, two in rescue, and that May Day transpires, unfortunately, now you're going to play catch up. So I think what and where is so important. We teach it at the command course. We teach it in an ABC course, the three W's, what, where, water. And when you talk about what and where, again, we get into floor designations, right? Oh, Something we could, we could talk all day on. We could make a podcast on this, right? Yes. We know that there are differences in grade and difference in what floor you call on it. It sounds simple, but it's not simple. And I'm not just going to say it's this city, right? The building construction lends itself to a lot of different things, and it's challenging, right? Three stories in the front, four in the back. Right. But that's a big part of it, too. It is huge because if that May Day comes in, that stoop, is it six to eight steps? And did they go up the first stoop? Yeah. And that's once again, goes back to the what and where. So if that first engine and first truck went up that stoop, whether it's six steps or 10 steps or 15, we all have to be on the same page. Yeah. And we don't have to go to New York City building code. But if they went up the stoop and they said, this is the first floor. That's what it is. That's what it is. And I think that's more important than getting into a technical battle of, you know, one half or more below grade and... It's a matter of everyone being on the same page and reinforcing that. We talked a lot about that in our session, and I thought it was really valuable just because getting different perspectives. But I think the most important takeaway was like, whatever it is, you designate it, but remind people. Yes. Let them know again. Okay, yes. you're operating on the first floor, 10-4. Right. Right? You know, you say it once, well, that's not enough. More units are coming in. Right. Right? Fast truck comes in. Yeah, they come in. You know, just looking at safety command reviews, right? Sure. It's so important that floor designation yeah. and the reinforcement as you stated perfectly. All right, we're going to get into operations. In our session, there was a lot of conversation about being proactive at operations, recognizing when things just don't sound right, whether it be radio transmission, maybe things are starting to go sideways. You had some great takeaways here. Like, what are some of the highlights? You know, if you look at the history of our May Days and why they were transmitted 
and what was the response and what was the fast unit response. I think what you really got to see is, is there a lot of chatter? Is there some excitement? Is it muffled? Is there, hold on, we're almost there. We're getting down the stairs. Uh, give us another minute. The I tempo think, seems off, maybe? Yeah, the cadence tempo is off. And I think sometimes as an instant commander, you hear, give us another minute. And now you ask, how's the progress? And then they say, nothing. So that's my experience in that situation. Mm -hmm. Either there's a lot of excited chatter, some garbled messages, or give us a minute, then there's no answer. And there's no answer. Because, you know, like anything else, we never want to give up anything, right? So I think being aware of that as an incident command is very important. The cadence, the tempo. Yeah, vibe alerts, what you hear in the background. Yeah. And also, you know, the, the initial IC, you're thinking, do we need more resources too? Yes. You yeah. know, especially you talk about being out in the 5-0, isolated in some areas. Right. You could find yourself in a corner of a city where resources are not close. You know, we'll get into that, but that May Day comes in. Are you by yourself now? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult. Run a fire and run a mayday, sure. Yeah. That's one of the takeaways they talk about, the IC getting overwhelmed and delegating. Now, you have options, too, right, if you don't have another chief, right, rescue company officer. Sure. Be. See the rescue officer, squad officer, but you might know that fourth due engine officer yeah. who's a home run, and that's my most experienced officer. I'm going to grab yeah. him or her. Sure. That's the one I need. How about uh, control the handy talkie? It's so important and it's so difficult. Once again, if you look at some of our safety command reviews, in particular the Watts fire, where we lost Captain Drennan, mm -hmm. Jimmy Young, Chris Seidenberg, you know, that was floor above. The takeaways from that, the recommendations had mentioned military type training on handy talkies, strict and disciplined. So now that's what, 1994? Yeah. And we're still speaking about discipline on the radio. Yeah. So. You know, when a mayday does come in, in my experience, I've had six as a BC. Recently, I've, I've had two as a DC. You know, as a fireman, lieutenant, captain, I've been on the fire ground with maydays. But the first BC, there's nothing more stressful, more chaotic. Your stress levels are probably higher than anyone there. And the chaos is more overwhelming than any other rank that you have. And I'm speaking as a deputy sure. now because yeah, I've come yeah. into... May days, it's a whole different ballgame. So how do you handle that? We have the acronym again, CIA. C for control the radio. I, ID who that member is, and A, assign resources. Because if you really look at a true May Day, it's a lot of steps. All right, I got to control. Do I hit EAB? Yeah, do yeah. I assign a fast truck? We have truck? a lot of options. Oh, yeah. I got to get a safety team. I got to tell my A, get me another fast truck. Yeah. Do I even know who it is yet? And now do I need a 1060, a 1066? Yeah, yeah. Who's the FGS, the FLO? Yeah, yeah, sure. And now I have to think of this on a high-stress situation. Wait, who is it? I don't even know. I got to do a roll call now or a roll call for that particular area, maybe an isolate, you know, that, with a fire area. So you're, you're putting a 10-step procedure yeah. in a 10-second situation. It's all very difficult. And as I said earlier, no one's an expert on May Days. Sure. I think the more we get and the more we analyze them, the more we can share we do get better, but it's a chaotic, stressful situation for the first two incident commander. Yeah, no, we have a, a lot of procedures. I know we talked about it, having a checklist in your helmet. Yes. You know, yeah. you, I remember when you command course, you come out with a laminated <laughs> thing. But I have it uh, on the iPad saved as a document, so I can just press the home button twice and it'll come up. This also exists in the incident command app, but you kind of have to close out of it to get back to it. But if you just have it open and then double press the home, and I don't know, I thought that was a useful That's a thing. great, we all should have that. It yeah. all should be downloaded. Because you know what, it might be too much for the incident commander, but you can maybe take a quick look take and now hand look. it off. Yeah, quick look. You know, sometimes it's all you need. Like you said, you need a few steps sometimes. Right, I think that helpful. CIA is good. 
but there's so much to it and it's I, I've had May Days as a BC by myself and I had them with the deputy walking up I've only had one where the deputy was at my side in the beginning so it, it, it is difficult like you said they tend to happen early in they operation they do they do yes yeah, statistically yeah. we could get into exterior hand lines I think it's a tool in the toolbox I think you know plan A plan B plan C I think you need it in a plan if things aren't going well I'm not going to a fire today and saying my first choice is going to be an yeah. exterior hand line I think that's the message that has to get out I think it's getting out I, yeah I think we're, we're so much better at yeah. it yeah a couple takeaways here I'm looking at the member with the mayday kind of how do you identify? And we talked about it. But what do you want? Do you want the name of the member? You want to find out where they are? Do we know who the member is, right? So we, we're students, Lunar, Lunar, right? Yeah, we right. kind of went with who, what, where to make it a little more simpler. But it's the same thing. Lunar, we have a lot of acronyms. L-U-N-A-R. The acronym stands for location, unit, the name of the member, the assignment, and resources needed to affect the rescue. Some of these takeaways like stay calm, breathe slowly, help is en route. That's directly from one of our facilitators or someone in the audience that day. And I think it goes into the MPI, you know, yeah. about, you know, just giving that little talk. You know, the last May Day I had a deputy, the fire sector, I had called him by his first and last name when I had said everyone back at, you know, we had a May Day, mm -hmm. we had some stuff come down, past hairline, backing out, real ugly situation. And afterwards we spoke. And he said, you know, by you calling me by my first and last name, it was almost like an MPI technique. You have to explain what MPI is. To MPI, Mental Performance Initiative, Chief Richardson with Jason Bresler was involved in that from the inception. Mm -hmm. And it's basically visualization, breathing techniques, basically, you know, able to control a stressful situation and put it in real simple layman's terms. Mm -hmm. You know, what, how are we going to be better in a stressful situation? There's different techniques to use, and I'm a believer in it. It can help us. All right, good. So I think that ties over as an instant commander. He felt more relaxed because he knew that we knew on the outside what was going on on the inside. You know, whoever that member that gave that May Day, if you can calm down the breathing, you know, because yeah. is there air involved? What's the situation yeah. that they're in? Ask him to put on an EAB, right, emergency alert button. A lot of times the May Day is transmitted without that. And just give him a brief, uh, just for our audience who don't know, what is the emergency alert button? Yeah, so the emergency alert button, it's at the tip of our mic. It's an orange button. When you trigger that, the wattage goes from two to five. So obviously your message would get out clearer. It pops up on the EFAS, portable EFAS, and now the iPad. When we say pops up, it highlights it, so you know which radio is giving that made. Yeah, and even if it's change of tours, mm -hmm. you know, we talk about change yeah. of tours and writing lists, you're still going to know the company and the position if you don't know the name of the individual. So I think that is huge, that EAB, we're getting much better at that. And again, we have the pass it on, you gain your information, <laughs> and so many acronyms, right? <laughs> the pass alarm is if a member was to go incapacitated, it would start alarming, it goes into pre-alarm. You hear it at every fire you go yes. to, right? Right. And then now you talk about our other tool associated, the pack tracker. Yeah. Now, is it in full alarm and it is the fast truck monitoring, so at least we, we have another backup. Give everybody for our audience that doesn't know, what is it? And as a deputy chief, what do you look for with you know, I, I just did use it recently, Brian. I actually went to the fast truck and I said, do you have that? Because we had a May Day. Mm -hmm. Someone had stated that there's a pass alarm in the full cycle. So our pack trackers, it's tied in with our masks integrated with the pass alarm. So it's able to locate 
in the accuracy as far as depending on the type of structure, where are you outside the building, how many structures inside, is it brick, is it, say, a commercial steel building. But you're able to read pass alarms in the full cycle, to put it very briefly. And our fast units, they're able to identify that pass alarm going off in that member. So in my situation, looked at the pass alarm and told us what was going on. Yeah, that, that one's going on. So it was just another tool in the toolbox that helped us out. I think as an incident commander, we have to keep that perspective. Are you going to follow 1 through 10 correctly? There's a lot of chaos going on. There's a lot of stress. Let's talk about the FAST unit. Again, that's a firefighter assistance search team. Every working fire, we get a FAST unit. How we deploy them is up to the IC. Certain type of operations, they have an assigned position, whether it be a high rise. But let's talk about how you use them and what are some things you look for. I think from the beginning, looking once again at my May days that I had as an incident commander, I think that fast truck officer that hits the 1084, gets on the handy talkie, chief, uh, you know, ladder, 14 is 1084. All right, 10-4, we have fire on the second floor, 14's on the second floor, 35's backed up by 58, and I would give that step-by-step step, the three and two. So that officer's walking down the block, already knows where the units are. Now, if that officer doesn't handy talkie and comes up, taps me on the shoulder, we're here. I, Give them the briefing, just like I would give yeah. the deputy the briefing. So I think that's important from the start, the FAST unit, informing them of what's going on. Because yeah, especially if they arrive out of order, too, yeah. and you know it as the IC. I know. So you kind of, the exchange of information with the deputy is similar to the FAST truck, because if you have to put that FAST truck to work, it's not the wave. It's, okay, split yeah. units, it's a commercial. I mm -hmm. want, you know, half the unit on the left side, half the unit on the right side. So once again, it's... It, informing them of what's going on. Yeah. I think that's the first step. Yeah. How about a deploying them at larger, complex operations? Sure. We talk about it, a bit. As you stated, like a 1077, obviously on an upper floor. We have a fire on the 15th floor. We're going to need them to see if our D unit up on that upper floor, right. obviously. Sure. I've never employed it, but, you know, it came up in this training about a larger complex and maybe having additional fast units. Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I can see it, some instances. Yeah. Like you think yeah. of some of these I, subway stations that we have. Right. right. They had that real serious Harlem train fire. Yes. Right, now you're dealing with a large area. I could perfect. see putting a fast yes. truck at a different entrance or something like that. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. That would be a perfect situation. I haven't employed it yet, but once again, you know, we get these jobs once in a career, and well, that's, the that's in the back that's of the my hard part. Right. So you put that in the computer on top of yeah. the, you know <laughs> your shoulders, and it's it's back there now. Yeah, sure. We're gonna get into some of the lessons learned. You know, you took the time to put these takeaways on a piece of paper, and I was telling you before how valuable I think it is. Oh, thank you. When you, you think yeah. about how, how many years of experience and, you know, you just kind of took your notes as the cycle went along and you got it from each different borough and you compiled it. So I think these things have a lot of value. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. Like we said, whether it's Jay Jonas with 40 or Mark Ferran or yeah. it's that brand new ABC or BC that sits in that meeting and shares their experience and yeah. tactically we get better from it. Yeah, sharing our experiences to make better tactical decisions is really the, the bread and butter of strategic yeah, awareness yeah, training. Yeah. Lessons learned. Let's get into them. Cool, calm, collected. <laughs> we'll assist the operation. <laughs> Back to MPI, yeah. mental Back performance. Back to MPI. Here we are. <laughs> there you go. Who is in better position to manage the fire to make the enroll call once again? That's a tough question, and uh, we, we posed that in the last round also. We had to say, what would you rather do, run the mayday or run the fire? You're just coming in. What are your thoughts? Incident commander. Stand in front of the building, deputy just walks up, May Day goes down. Instant commander has to run the fire. The May Day, second floor, DC. DC, ABC there, 
once again, it, it's so dynamic and fluid. Who's there to run the fire? Who has the most knowledge on that? The May Day, did it just come up that you can throw it that way? Yeah. And unfortunately, the worst scenario is you're by yourself, and it, it will happen. And now you have to, you yeah. know, handle the fire, handle the May Day. And did you did you even find out, you know, the who, what, where? Hmm. Do you have to do a roll call, which is very difficult. Yeah, challenging. Very to, challenging. To tie the radio up like that. Yeah, yeah. So once again, I don't think there's a set science. Most times, I think the incident commander will keep running the fire, and that, that newer arriving, it could be the all-hands chief. I had that yeah. with Pete McGrath in the 5-4 one day. We had the May Day. Walked up, tapped me on the shoulder before the deputy was there. I got the Mayday truck. Perfect. I had yeah. three. Does seem to make sense that yeah, way. Yeah, I had three buildings going. And you know where the units are. Instead of having exchanged those precious seconds, all oh, oh. these guys are here. They, this is what you got. I think most times that's the yeah, way it, it should like, be. And in our session also, that's where people yeah, yeah. Uh, lean towards. Rescue medics, we have them as a resource. That's something as the operation goes on, depending on the nature of the trap member, right? Sure, yeah. We need to get... Uh, yeah. You know, medic down there would put an IV, crush syndrome, right? We just recently had that in Queens. That's something to be aware of. We got to get that medic, you know, what's the atmosphere? Is it still smoke in there, mm -hmm. fire in there? Is it knocked down? Is it just a collapse without fire? So a lot of variables. Uh, change of tours. It's always a challenging time. It happens twice a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a challenging time for accountability purposes. Yes, it is. It's tough. My last May Day was change of tours. But the iPad, at least I knew when I had mentioned the name of the individual, they said, no, that member's not working. It's so-and-so. But at least I had the position and the company. I didn't have the name. So it's, at least it helped out. Yeah, that's tremendous. This is another challenging thing, but you have a technical rescue. You're still trying to run an operation. Going to the emergency channel 16, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I have not been involved in that in my career. It's hard to coordinate, right? Yes. Necessary at a, maybe a larger operation, but you got to get everybody to 16 who's going to be on it. It's scenario-driven. What's the situation? I know the, the fire that we just spoke about with the crush syndrome. Mm -hmm. I know the incident commander there, a deputy had walked up and assigned them to the command channel to be right in that area, which was interesting. It was at a multiple already. We said, you're just going to be on the command channel right in the technical rescue area. So another tool in the toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. What are some things that you, you know, you try to train to tell a member if, if they're given a May Day, what should they try and get out there to the chief? I think taking that breath, almost like when I first went to a truck and Captain Vigiano said, you know, take that breath, wait about three seconds, think about what you transmit. And I think in a May Day situation, you definitely have to take a breath, you know, because any type of incoherent message is just going to prolong that. Um, so I would recommend taking that breath, trying to calm down a little bit, hitting that EAB. Obviously, our books, they, you know, mayday, 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 mm -hmm. you know, command, the whole steps about how to give it. But I think you're getting back to lunar, you know, the, the who, what, where. Yeah. It's so-and-so, I'm on the second floor, and I'm trapped, or I fell through a hole. Like, very simple. Being able to give a coherent message with the EAB will send it in the right direction. For us, once again, no matter what rank, it's stress, chaos, no one's an expert at it, but we can get better like anything else. We can get better at them with, you know, more experiences and talking about it more. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the goal, like we said, yeah. bring us right back to the beginning. The goal is strategic awareness, you know, and that's what it is. It gets such great feedback because whether you're the facilitator, which I was at the first two, I still facilitate here and there. But even as a facilitator, you're sitting there and you're like, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, that's a great point. Or... I never had that, 
and you had that, wow, I would never thought to do that. So I, I think it's, it's great. And it's, once again, comes from the feedback from annual education day. Yeah, which makes sense. We need sense. to have peer interaction to help us make Well, you better. know, like as a chief, you come in and there was a job. You're asking questions. Oh, yeah. Then I get right out of there. <laughs> well, you want to know, you know, what'd you have? How'd it go? Right. What problems did you have? How'd you handle it? Right. It's incumbent on you to, to take care of some of your training, right? It's yeah, no, I think it's extremely important. As I stated with my father, who always said, you have to constantly keep reading, you know, stay updated with changes. He always pushed that. You got to stay current. You got to stay sharp. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I appreciate you coming down. I'll say it again. This is such a good program. It's obviously going to be ongoing, and now you have a larger part in it. Who knows, maybe if somewhere down the road we have another cycle that you feel like has some value, we'll come down here and we'll do this again. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for the invite. I think it's great. All right, great. Thanks for listening to this edition of the FDNY Pro Podcast. For more training and information from our subject matter experts, go to fdnypro.org. FDNY Pro is online at fdnypro.org. Subscribe today and get inside access to the FDNY. Learn more about our publications, professional conferences, and other tools for first responders. Train with New York's Bravest.